Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, your host, and the clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Hi, everyone. Dr. Bill Maurice, president of Mayo Clinic Laboratories, filling in today for Dr. Bobby Pritt as the host of Answers from the Lab podcast that we do on a weekly basis. Uh, this week is a really special podcast because I'm joined by a good friend and colleague from another organization, Gianluca Petiti, the Senior Vice President of the Specialty Diagnostics Group at Thermo Fisher, is joining me here today. And he's actually in Rochester as part of the kickoff for our collaboration with Thermo Fisher Scientific. So, John, welcome. Bill, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. And as you can see, I'm in the Advanced Diagnostic Lab at uh, Mayo Clinic here in Rochester. I look forward to our conversation. Yeah, me as well. It's interesting that you're in the Advanced Diagnostics Lab because that was created by Mayo Clinic, by the Mayo Clinic Laboratories in collaboration with our Center for Individualized Medicine, with the thought that Mayo Clinic and our department need to open up our, our doors to the diagnostic industry for collaboration for the betterment of patients, right? And to really improve the ability of the lab to support patient care and health and well-being. And I'm just, from your perspective, as someone from the outside, that's of course the Mayo Clinic perspective, just wondering what you think the benefits are of working with a place like Mayo Clinic? Well, Bill, that's an excellent question. And, you know, at Thermo Fisher Scientific, with our mission on enabling our customers to make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer, what we do is focusing on creating cutting-edge technology. A technology in itself can't bring the value that we can bring together with cutting-edge technology and cutting-edge clinical expertise that Mayo Clinic brings to the table among access and global reach. And so bringing together the two organizations in this partnership and venture is really combining cutting-edge technology with cutting-edge clinical expertise. And the focus will be to advance and accelerate uh, very uh, sophisticated diagnostic solutions for many patients globally. So it is incredibly exciting and is bringing the key ingredient to a top Michelin star chef that will be able to create something very special for many patients across the globe. Thank you for that perspective. I can cook, but I would be no Michelin star chef. But more importantly, I think is that that's one of the things that we've learned through the pandemic between the diagnostic manufacturers and the clinical laboratories, there actually has not been a lot of close dialogue or interaction or, or collaboration. And during the pandemic, I really appreciated my ability to work with you and Dr. Sachs and the entire Thermo team as we looked at just how we responded globally to the pandemic and the need for testing and its importance. You know, it is an exciting time in terms of the innovation that's happening in technology is driving all sorts of advancements in our ability to test and the types of tests that we can do. The flip side is though, those new technologies, kind of back to your ingredients analogy, now we have many, many more tools in the tool shed or, or that the spice cupboard's a lot more full. So we really need to work together to understand, I think, how are, what are the best ways that these different technologies can really help people's lives you know, and help give providers, doctors, the information that they need and patients now as they look to have more access directly to that information 
that really brings meaning to them. And I think the best way to do that, in my perspective, is to have a close working relationship with a company like Thermo Fisher Scientific that's very thought leading in terms of technology development and a place like Mayo Clinic that's really also keeping the patient at the center, just like Thermo Fisher, but from a different lens and bringing that together to say, it's not actually about developing tests really, or having new tests, but it's having new tests that really impact our ability to take care of people. You're totally right. And when I go back to when the pandemic started, I wouldn't say that it caught everybody by surprise, but definitely the entire field wasn't prepared to deal with the scale of the challenge. Um, As you think at the automation, as you think at how some of the laboratories across the globe were not streamlined to deal with the influx of testing that was required and left apart the management of the information and the data that would inform uh, governments on how to deal with the spread of the virus. And so bringing together again technology, and uh, this is a good example uh, behind my back here, our GenXus next generation sequencing that is today used to do surveillance of mutation for SARS-CoV-2 and being able to deploy those technologies effectively in a distributed setting across the globe to allow better capabilities to track viruses and pathogens in the future is absolutely critical. And we can achieve that only by, again, bringing together technology manufacturer and company like Thermo Fisher Scientific and who is really in contact with the day-to-day clinical ward and patients like Mayo Clinic. And so, again, it's extremely exciting. Yeah, yeah, it is for us too. And Going, looking back, I mean, one thing in this country, at least now, there's other parts of the globe that are still really struggling with the virus. But in this country, we're, we're starting to look past COVID a little bit and it hopes that the decrease in cases that we've seen will be durable because of the increase in vaccination. Clearly, the pandemic has exposed gaps in our diagnostic infrastructure and capability in healthcare that they, many of which we either knew existed but didn't pay much attention to or didn't even know existed at all. And so when you think about how Mayo Clinic and Thermo can work together, what would success look like for Thermo in terms of this kind of collaboration in ter- and outcomes? We have one thing that connects us, and I would say uh, it needs to be at the center, that is patients here in the U.S. and patients across the globe. One of the areas that we're constantly challenged is how do we accelerate adoption of uh, new technology or innovation? Next generation sequencing is a good example. There's many other like clinical mass spectrometry that are enabling uh, doctors across the globe to have uh, very relevant information to define which therapy specific patients needs to go through all the way towards uh, individualized medicine and the combination of uh, different omics solution, uh, proteomics and genomics, et cetera. And so Getting more proximity to uh, patients, bringing technology closer to patients with the quality and the clinical relevance that, uh, again, Mayo Clinic has demonstrated to manage over the years and combining uh, the technological aspect and the clinical aspect, I think is going to be critical towards bringing better solution closer to patients so that we can really accelerate science and uh, the adoption of that science towards uh, clinically relevant actions for patients across the globe. Very well said. And I agree completely. And I 
two different ends of the spectrum, if you will, or two different sides of the coin or however you want to, whatever kind of uh, analogy you want to use. On the one side, as you and I have talked many times, the ability of our technologies to advance and create information has grown much more rapidly than our ability to ingest that information and make meaning of it. And I think one of the things that's really exciting about working directly with Thermo in this partnership is we can start to shape how those technologies create information in a way that's accessible for the patient and the doctor. So it's not just information for information's sake, it's information that has meaning for patients. And then on the other side, and one of the things that COVID has really highlighted are the disparities in healthcare in this country, which spends more of any of the Western countries of its GDP, there's still huge disparities. And I think COVID has highlighted that many of those disparities are driven by access or lack thereof to diagnostic testing. So as we also think about, it's not just about creating these really high power tests that give deep, deep insights, which it is, but it's also about how we just make testing more accessible, right, to, to, to others. And I know Thermo Fisher and your group at Thermo Fisher is looking at technologies which are much more distributed. And again, how we understand those and how do we help deploy them in a way that improves people's lives and creates more access to healthcare and more equity in healthcare access is going to be really are two of the things I think we should be able to accomplish with the partnership as we work together. I agree, Bill. And if you think at the U.S. as an example, and the spent in, in healthcare being close to $4 trillion, was the investment in diagnostic that basically informs how to, to then use the healthcare resources is so minimal. So we have an opportunity to generate a lot of efficiency in the way that the healthcare system works. You mentioned having uh, better and more distributed tools. Point of care is a great example. We recently acquired uh, a company called the Mesa Biotech that has a very intuitive, easy to use, fast, cost-effective molecular diagnostic solution uh, that, as an example, can run a COVID test in 30 minutes uh, in a distributed setting, in pharmacies, in uh, airports. Uh, so it's used for return to life application. These are examples on how Again, bringing technology closer to the patient so you can make decisions faster that ultimately will benefit patients and the overall system. But again, we can do this uh, independently as a technology provider, the combination and the collaboration with uh, entities and like Mayo Clinic are incredibly important. And not only in the pandemic setting, but for, I think, the future of healthcare. Yeah, and then, so I guess kind of within the close, what trends do you see happening on, from your side, from the diagnostic industry perspective, that the collaboration between Thermo and Mayo will help us both respond to in a more effective way? I believe that uh, as you think of the areas of focus uh, for the collaboration, like next generation sequencing, we have a very uh, strong focus on oncology. And when you think of the deployment of next generation sequencing in oncology, there's two key areas we're working on together. One is a panel of gene mutation that can then instruct therapy selection. And so that's incredibly important. And the other one will be in time, obviously, early detection. The earlier we can catch tumors, the better it's going to be for patients, obviously. Then we have a clinical next generation um, clinical mass spectrometry solution that uh, we're working on together. And this is super exciting because for the people that have been in the space for a long time, they 
probably appreciate, especially if they have been uh, in a lab and they are lab manager or lab directors, uh, they appreciate how challenging it is to bring a mass spectrometry in a lab. And our collaboration is targeting to automate and leverage platform like our Cascadian uh, Thermofisher Scientific uh, is a walkaway platform allowing everybody to do mass spectrometry-based testing. And then immunology. There's so much that needs to be discovered, learned, and then ultimately adopted in the clinical space from an immunoprofiling standpoint, starting from allergy and autoimmunity. So these are two or three areas from a technical standpoint we're focusing on in order to, uh, again, accelerate adoption of advanced diagnostics in the clinical space to obviously benefit many patients out there. Yeah, if we would have had a test early on to not only anybody who had SARS-CoV-2 virus, but who was going to get seriously ill, because that was the big thing. It wasn't actually, we wanted to prevent people from getting seriously ill and intervene early. We still haven't figured that out, which means we don't understand the interplay between the virus and the immune system. I think there's even coming in with cancer and other diseases, there's many, many signals that the, our immune response is very much shaping how illness and how we respond to different diseases and other things. Interestingly, here at May, behind me someplace or over there in the Mayo Clinic archives. And this is something that if you go back to early work of Mayo Clinic pathologists and others, they talk about injury and a site was where you, how we would get cancer. So we understand that somehow our body's response to our environment, and that's mostly through our immune system, is shaping many, many diseases. But it's, the immune system is complex and we need tools to interrogate it and that to simplify that complexity into a meaning for patients. And I think, again, that's where May, Mayo Clinic Labs and our Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology working with Thermo Fisher to get that intersection because the answer lies at the intersection of the technology and the science and the clinical medicine. And the other is the sobering reality that in the pandemic really thrust diagnostics and its importance into the, into the limelight for a significant period of time. Now with vaccines rolling out, we see the volumes drop and, and with effective vaccines. And so it will be part of the puzzle, not as visible, there was great talk about the great investments that would be made in the diagnostic infrastructure. Everybody was talking about that. I was on CNN International with the host saying we need to invest billions of dollars in diagnostics. Now we come back to in the US, we're left, there's still PAMA. There's a MedPAC report coming out. There we have a now have a, all of the developed economies are stuck with trillions of dollars of new debt in response to COVID and economic slowdown as they try and come back from the pandemic. And it will come right back to the labs. And you had pointed out that even though labs are a very small piece of the pie for spend and they drive so much decision-making, they tend to get singled out for cuts. And I think the other thing is that everything that we work on together, it's all about value. And I think that everything we've talked about today will be how Mayo Clinic and Thermo Fisher can actually work together to increase the value that the laboratory contributes to healthcare and actually gives us a better platform to work together to demonstrate that value to others outside of the lab and outside of our industry that don't truly understand the importance of labs to driving care. So I think that's to me ultimately is not only creating that value with Thermo Fisher, but demonstrating that value to others so we can continue to have a sustainable infrastructure, recognizing how important it is for health. I agree, Bill. And uh, let me take the opportunity just to ask you a question as I have you on being such an incredible uh, physician, you know, among many other things. I'd love to get your perspective on vaccines, how vaccination is going, and how do you think of testing in the context of vaccination? Well, at Death Valley, it's really, that's a really, 
Great question. I mean, number one, it's amazing. The collaboration that has bought vaccines, I remember our most optimistic estimates is that we just be finishing phase three trials now. Of course, your friend and colleague at Thermo Fisher, Dr. Sachs, has a lot of experience with vaccines and talked to him about that. And how far we've come is remarkable. There's lots that we don't understand in terms of what's the significance of a serologic response, what's the significance of prior infection. On the one hand, we get much stronger antibody responses in those who were previously infected. On the other, there's concerns that they might have more side effects from the vaccine. At this point, it's just trying to get as many as possible to try and slow the disease. I think as this starts to evolve, two things will happen. We'll continue to look at serologic testing and other tests They can determine if someone's responded to the vaccine or if they need to be revaccinated or if they've been reinfected. And the other will be tests like the Genexis behind you there that will actually become more and more clinically relevant as we have breakthroughs and other things that happen and lots of testing that will happen just as this becomes part of our daily lives because it's going to become an endemic almost certainly. So what will be the role of testing in transplant patients? will be the role of testing in serologic testing in those who, before they go on chemotherapy. I think there'll be lots of, of new use cases, more refined than everybody in the world needing a COVID test that will start to come out, both for the viral genotyping and viral testing, as well as for testing the immune response and, and things like looking not just at B cells, but T cells and other things. It's great to have your perspective and we're very much thinking alike and We also think that in this transition to a world where there's uh, ultimately, hopefully there's going to be herd immunity, it's very important to keep protecting uh, communities and society, having good testing protocols. And so we'll continue to work together to allow that to happen with uh, a lot of uh, good innovation and tools uh, out there. Yeah, so you said you're basically saying we're going to have lots to keep us busy, which is good. So yes. for me personally, idle mind's the devil's playground or whatever. So yeah, I got to keep busy. If it's for my own well-being, if nothing else. It's good. It's exciting, very exciting. And just really, I thank you for joining me today. And uh, thank you for those who are listening. And uh, hopefully this sort of relationship not only will bear great fruit for, for us, but for the people that we can touch, the lives we can touch around the world through our organization. So really excited to have you here today. Thank you, John. Bill and to the entire Mayo Clinic family, thanks for having us uh, part of the collaboration and uh, look forward to uh, many more years to come. Excellent. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.